thank you for joining us for today's message. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email to amen at imtheexchange.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at imtheexchange.com. Doing this will help us to bless others and bring messages to you each week. Today's message is from our executive pastor, Pastor Kevin Kelts. Please take a moment and prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. At the first of this year, you can look over at our banner. God gave two words to our lead pastor, Pastor Jared, and the the two words were this, uncharted territory. Think about that, uncharted territory. I want to ask you, what does that mean to you? What has that meant to you? In, this, in 2018, that's the season that we've been in, and we're, we're over halfway, we're getting down to the end of this, and I don't want anybody to just coast to the end. We need to finish strong, amen? But, but what has that meant to you? I, I'll tell you, I thank God with all my heart for a, a, a lead pastor like Pastor Jared who has an ear to hear what the Lord is saying, Amen? And when God spoke that through him to us, the things started to go off inside of me and I started to have great expectations of what is that? Because I've been on a journey now for, for I don't know, 15 years and God has really been taking me into uncharted territory and uncharted territory. And when I have an expectation, God always goes above and beyond that. And sometimes it's way different from what I even expected. But, but the, the cool thing, I love the story that Pastor Jared was inspired by, and it comes from our United States history. It's the, the story about the expedition of Lewis and Clark. And, and if you haven't heard yet, the story goes something like this. Uh, in our American history, what happened was there was a waterway that we needed to discover. Uh, we had made the Louisiana Purchase, and we sent these two guys, Lewis and Clark, on this expedition with a group of people, and they were going to go and find this waterway. Okay, and it was a it was a huge deal, and I won't give you all the details, but they're on an 18 month journey going up these rivers. They go up the Mississippi River, across the Missouri River. They're going, they're paddling upstream. Maybe I mean this is a hard thing. Think about that. Over a year and a half of your life going after something. Okay, they're going after this, and they know it's an important. They know that that whoever is able to not only find this and establish this and take claim of this, it is going to be a huge economic boom for for whatever country that is. And so we send Lewis and Clark, and they've been toiling, and they've been working, and they've been striving, and they're on the mission, and they have a goal, and they're going to that goal, and they had had some information that they had from the Native Americans that when they finally got to this one spot in the Missouri River, they were going to get out of their canoes, they were going to walk across to the horizon to the Limhi Pass, they were going to look over the horizon, and then there was going to be some land in between them and the next body of water. That was going to be the ultimate place that they were going to. He was so excited. Pastor Jared's told us about this. You know, he leans over, he takes a drink out of the Missouri River, he hikes up, over the horizon to see, he thinks he's going to see some land that's just going to be in between him and where he needs to go. And what he sees blows his mind. He discovers the Rocky Mountains. The Rocky Mountains. What he thought he was going to see and what he expected in his uncharted territory 
ended up being completely different than what he thought. And all of a sudden, he is looking at these Rocky Mountains, and he's dragging his canoe and his supplies, and he looks at the mountains, and he looks back at the river, and he looks at this canoe, and he has this moment where he says, what has gotten me to here? This beautiful canoe, this awesome tool, this, this, this thing that I have lived in for 18 months is not going to be able to take me to the next place of uncharted territory. So he has a decision to make. What do I do? Can you imagine a guy trying to go up a mountain dragging a canoe? And then that would that would be ridiculous. That would be there's no common sense in that, right? So so he he has to make a decision, and and it's in that moment that he makes the decision. And Pastor Jared, that has been speaking to me so much, and and God has really been challenging me in these last several months of saying, Kevin, I've brought you to a place for such a time as this, and in this moment of uncharted territories, what are the things that you have been holding on to that you, they're, they're, they're your little, your, your pet things that you have, that you have loved so much, and you've held on to so much, that now God's asking me to let go of some of these things, and, th- and that's, what, that's what Lewis had to do. He had to, he had to let go and now he makes a deal, and he barters for some horses, 29 horses. And now they're going up this mountain in this new place. And listen, are horses new? No, they're not new, but they were new to him. And I can tell you that, that we're going to continue this morning in this message and in this thought of uncharted territory. And as I was speaking to the Lord this, this last week, I said, God, you know, what do you want to share with the people? God, what's the word right now? What's the now word? What's, what are you speaking to your people? And I, and I heard God say this, Kevin, I need you to tell my people, if you're going to continue to go into uncharted territory, you're going to have to go deeper. Everybody say deeper. Come on, say deeper. Yeah, deeper, deeper, deeper. Think about that. you got to go deeper into uncharted territory. Where we're at right now is not where it all is. There's, there's more. There's more uncharted territory. And I said, okay, God, what, what, how do I explain this? What does deeper mean? And the Lord took me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. Ezekiel, chapter 47. And when you read this, we'll put this up on the screen for you. When you read this, understand that what had happened is the prophet Ezekiel has received a vision from God. And all he's doing right here in the scriptures is he is describing to us what he saw, okay? So think about this. Think about that. And Ezekiel says this. In this vision, it says that God brought me to the entrance of the temple. So think about a temple. Whatever temple you think looks like, I want you to imagine that temple mine. You know, maybe it has these huge, beautiful pillars on the front of it. It's this big, beautiful temple where everybody would go to worship. And it says this, and then I saw pouring water pouring out from under the porch of the temple. So your temple, in your imagination, it has to have a porch on it, all right? And out of this temple, out of the porch, there is a river. There is rushing water coming out of the temple. And it says the water poured from the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then, so the Lord now took him, he says, through the north gate. And they go through this north gate, and he led me around the outside of the gate complex on the east. The water now is just, so think about gushing water. It's gushing. This river is coming out of the front of the temple. He walked to the east and, with, and he took out this measuring tape. And with the measuring tape, he measured off 1,500 feet. And now he leads him into the water. 
So get a picture. The Lord is taking the prophet Ezekiel, and he's leading him now into this river that's coming. It's coming out. They went 1,500 feet. They get into the water, and he says, when I got into the water, the water was ankle deep. Everybody say ankle deep. Come on, say ankle deep. So it's shallow, right? It's just ankle deep. And he said, but we didn't stop there. The Lord then continued, and he measured off another 1,500 feet. So they walk another 1,500 feet, and the Lord leads him into this water, into deeper water, and now the water is not just ankle deep, but it's knee deep. Somebody say knee deep. Okay? And then he did, the Lord doesn't stop there. He says, then the Lord led me. We measured off another 1,500 feet, and what happened? We went deeper, and now we're waist deep. The water's getting thick. Come on, the water's getting deep. And it says, then he measured off another 1,500 feet, and by now the river was in, he was in it, and the river is over his head. So he can't even feel, he can't even put his feet on the, on the bottom of the floor anymore. He, he's now being taken by the current of, of the river, and, and he's in over his head. And when I was reading this, I heard the Lord say, it's time for us as the exchange church, if we're going to go into uncharted territory, we got to go deeper. In the, in the vision, the Lord continues to lead him deeper. Hey, have you ever seen somebody and, and they go to the swimming pool and, and I'm the guy who I, ju- I just jump in. I go into the deep end. You can ask my wife. I always do. I always do. We grew up in Roaring Springs, Texas. Roaring Springs has a, a natural spring-fed swimming pool that's probably like 72-degree water year-round. Your natural body temperature is like 98 degrees. And so when you, you can't just put your toe in because you won't get in, right? And listen, here's the thing. This is what the Lord was speaking to me. There's some people in the exchange, and I'm telling you guys, we're moving forward, Jack. We're going into uncharted territory. That's the word that God has for us, and we're going there as a people. But as I look around and as I evaluate the people of the exchange, some of us are in a place where we're just kind of We've got, and we've kind of, you put your toe in a little bit to see if you're going to jump all the way in, right? And when you do that, most people, you do that, and you're like, oh, that's cold, right? And there's a pause. Everybody say pause. Many of you have stopped. In that pause, you, you came. You came to the exchange. You heard, we're going into uncharted territory. It all sounded great, but there has been a pause. Listen, can I tell you something? That's normal. That's natural. That's nothing to feel bad about. We've all been in that stage, and we will all continue as God takes us to uncharted territory. This thing is cyclical. It keeps going round and round. We will get to that step again where we have to go launch out into even deeper. But I'm telling you, God is saying, now is not the time to stop. It's time to go deeper. No no more just ankle deep. Okay, it's time to get to the to the next level. It's time to even go past knee deep and go past waist deep. Listen, verse five said he measured off another fifteen hundred feet. And now I, the Lord led me into the water where I was in over my head. And I heard God say to the exchange, it's time to get in over your head. All in. All in. Hold it. No tippy toe stuff, okay? It's time. I heard the Lord say this. It's time to get out of the kiddie pool and get into the deep end. Stop playing it safe. We've got to a point, and listen, I know as American Christians, we love to be comfortable. 
We love to get to a place where, wow, we feel good, and man, you know, we kind of get into this rut and this routine of, of sometimes I'll show up, and sometimes maybe I won't, and, but you know, God knows our heart, and, and this and that, and I'm kind of I'm in, but I'm kind of out, and God says, no, 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 no more kiddie pool stuff. No more. It's time. The reason that we love to do that, though, the reason that we stay where it's safe and, and where we can be in ankle deep or where we can be knee deep or where we can just kind of, you know, just wait around in the, in the night. Oh, here it is. It's just waist deep. Here I am. And that feels safe. You know why we like that? Because we love control. I feel like I need to say something right now. Hi. My name is Kevin. And I'm a recovering control freak. You can ask my wife. <laughs> she said, recovering. Okay, hello, operator. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you something. As a recovering control freak, I know what control freaks look like. And as I've just been looking, as, as a pastor here at the church, as I look around, I see a lot of people and you're still in that moment. You're still in that place where maybe you've gotten into to waist deep, but you, you, still, you still like to be in control. And what I'm, what I'm about to say is when you get in over your head, you lose control. And we don't like, as control freaks, we do not like that feeling at all. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't have any control over where I'm going. I'm just going with the current. I'm going with this, this thing. And, and what I have found is, as a recovering control freak, is that when I get in over my head, there, that, that feeling is uneasy to not be in control. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Can we just be real this morning? It, it feels awkward. Because I want to be able to control where we're going and what we're doing. And here's the thing. To go into uncharted territory... Not only where you have to get to the place where you're going to have to embrace that feeling of being out of control because you're in over your head, but it will require change. Now, let me tell you a little story. Years ago, I was a 20-something young, dumb pastor. I was so full of myself. Man, I knew where I was going. I was going to chase hell with a water pistol, dude. I was ready, Jack. I was, we're going. And I went to this pastor's conference, and I sit down at a table next to an, an awesome man of God that I looked up to. It was actually the first conversation that we had ever had. And I looked him in the eye, and he said, Pastor Kevin, how is your, I know this is your first year, how is your church doing? I said, man, it's awesome. It's amazing. I said, listen, when I came in there, I started changing everything. You know why? Because I love change. I thrive. We're in a year of transition. And God sent me there for a year of transition, and I love change. I said, I'm one of those people that loves change so much. I'm one of those guys that I don't even like my living room to stay the same. I just, every three months, man, I'm putting this chair over here, and I'm moving that there because I thrive off of change. And he looked at me, and he said, you, you, don't, you don't like change. I said, yeah, no, I just told you I do, and I thrive on it. He said, no, you don't like change. You're a control freak. And I said, how dare you say that to me? Who are you? This is our first conversation. You can't, you don't know me. He said, no, I've already read you, and you're a control freak. He said, you like change? And I said, yeah, absolutely, I just told you. He goes, okay, here, let me show you some true change. He says, you give me the keys to your house, 
and you let me go in, and I'm going to rearrange some things. I'm going to change some things up. And when you get to your house, you know what? You're going to go to eat, and you're going to look for your salt and pepper, and guess what? It's not going to be where you put it. It's going to be where I put it. And all of a sudden, you're going to wonder, hey, what's going on? Where's my salt and pepper? When you go to take a shower, you're going to go get the towel, and it's not going to be there because it's not where you put it. It's where I put it. He said, you don't like change. You're a control freak. You only like the change that you control. And that's why many of us don't go deep. That's why we don't go into the deep end. That's why we stay in the kiddie pool. Because when it really comes down to it, we may say that we like change. Nobody likes change. Nobody, the only change that you like is if you're in control of that change. And I'm telling you, God is saying, I'm wanting you to jump in to go deep into uncharted territory, to get in over your head, and when you do that, you're going to be out of control. And I've found in all my years of ministry now, guys, that when you get out of control, all of a sudden he steps in and he takes the wheel a little bit, and he starts to change the course and take you to places that you never even thought that you could go. So God says, go, launch out into the deep this morning. And so I said, God, how do I explain going into the deep? And, and, and so the way that the Lord showed me to explain it to you this morning, we're just going to use an acronym. It's a very simple word. It's the word deep. Okay. And so if you're taking notes, you can just write down the word deep horizontally and or vertically. And then we'll just start to fill in the first letter in the word D deep is D and D is going to stand for develop. Everybody say develop, develop. Think about that word. What does that word mean to you? Develop. I looked up the, the definition, and the word develop means this, to bring out capabilities. Think about that. To bring out the possibilities of. It says to bring to a more advanced or a more effective state. God wants us to develop. He wants to bring out of us some more advanced and some more effective things. How many of you are ready to have the potential that's inside of you now brought out of you? Okay, then you got to go deep. You, you, you got to go further than where you're at right now. See, I believe that some of you are about to realize the potential that you have inside of you that you never even knew that you did. And it's because God has been, listen to me, he's been preparing you for what he has prepared for you. And you must acknowledge that, listen to me, your preparation time is not wasted time. Some of you are so frustrated right now and you feel like you're in the same place, but you've just been in preparation time. And God wanted to remind you that your preparation time is not wasted time. Embrace the preparation time, okay? In America, as, as these casual Christians and, and we, we love to be in these cocoons of comfort, we want to prepare three years for 30 years. When we read the Bible, Jesus prepared 30 years for three years of ministry. I'm telling you guys today, God has been developing us and he has been preparing us for what we're about to step into. Pastor Jared, this last week, I heard God say that you are Meriwether Lewis. You're our leader. That's why you're so stuck on that, man. You are taking you. We have gotten to a place where you're looking at the Rocky Mountains and you're looking back at us as your people 
and you're going, God, I've gotten on me this far, and now I'm about to turn the table on somebody, and I'm about to switch some things up because you've been showing me some things, and we're going to have to let go of our canoes, and we're going to have to get on these horses and go up this thing. You feel like that because you were, but listen, I'm, I'm Clark. If you're Lewis, I'm Clark. Okay, we're on the expedition. Lewis and Clark, expedition, right? And what happens is in the preparation time, it's not wasted time. God has been preparing us, and he's taken us into uncharted territory. And in this time of the developing time, guys, you must develop your character. We have to focus in the preparation time on developing our character. If I was to ask you this morning, name somebody that has impacted your life. I want you to think about that person right now. I want you to think about somebody that truly made an, an was inspiring and made a true impact on your life. Most of the time, it's a father or a mother. It's a coach. It's a teacher. It's maybe a, a relative, an aunt, an uncle, somebody that you were close to, and they saw something inside of you, and they did something that impacted you. And, and if I were to get you now to describe those things that were so inspirational about you, they would be things that you would describe about their character, right? You would start to say things like, you know what, it was, it was always, you know, the thing that I saw in them was their de- did, they were dependable, or there was their servanthood, or was their faithfulness, or their sacrifice. I looked at them, and I saw them sacrifice so much, or it was their loyalty, or it was, it was their character, their integrity. It would be things that would describe their character. I guarantee you, if I brought you up here right now, and I say, who's the person that made such an impact on you? I would give you the microphone, and you would not say this. Well, you know, so-and-so was such an impact on me. And I say, why? And you wouldn't say, you know, it's just because they were so good-looking. They were just so good-looking. And when I saw how good-looking they were, I was like, wow, I am impacted. This is amazing. (laughs) Right? If I gave you the microphone right now, you wouldn't say, they just always had perfect hair. And it was awesome. That's shallow. Right? But here's the thing. When we wake up in the morning, we spend more time developing our looks to go out and not developing our attitude to go out, not developing our character. And what happens if you don't spend any time developing your attitude before you go out, guess what? Your environment is going to dictate to you your attitude, right? And what we need to start to do is we need to wake up and spend some time with the Lord, not out of legalism, out of, out of relation, or relationship, out of intimacy, spend time with God. Listen to Him. So all of a sudden, you, de- you develop your attitude. You develop your character. When we don't do that, what happens is we get into an environment. It all of a sudden dictates to us our attitude. And then we start going somewhere. And we feel at the end of the day that we went somewhere. But we went somewhere we weren't supposed to go. We went into some wrong uncharted territory, but God says, if you'll take some time, listen, right now, the first one is develop. We must develop ourselves every day. Spend time with God and allow Him to develop your character. This last week as I was studying the word develop, I found out that in chess, the word develop means to bring a piece into effective play. So think about a chess piece. Think about a chess master. If they are somebody that is good at doing the word develop, they can bring a chess piece into an effective play. And I feel like many of you here at the exchange, Pastor, I heard this in my heart so strong. 
you feel like you're on the bench. You feel like you're on the sideline, like you're, never, you're not getting in. And God says, listen, I'm, I'm developing you. I'm about to bring you into effective play. I remember, past, many of you may not know, but Pastor Jared and I grew up as best friends in high school. We played on the same football team together. And I remember we had a guy on our team, his name was Steve. And, and Steve, here was the thing. He didn't really care that much about developing. Okay, he didn't, sometimes he'd show up to practice, sometimes he wouldn't. Okay, and a player like that who's not developing their skills is not going to have any skills. And how many know they're not going to get any playing time, right? And I remember one time, he was always mad though. He was always mad, why don't I get to play? He mu- Coach must not like me. He must not like my family. I'm like, dude, you don't come to practice. Like, you're horrible. When you get out there, you don't know the play. You don't know what to do. You, you're just, you know, like a, running around like a chicken with your head cut off in the middle of practice, and then coaches like, sit down, right? I remember we were at one game, and the nose guard got hurt. And it's, it's time. It is time. Coach turns around and says, Steve, get in the game. Well, Steve's been farting around on the sideline, you know, spray bottling people and doing this and that. Coach goes, Steve. Steve, get in the game. And Steve hears his name. What? We're like, dude, get coach told you to get in the game. He's like, okay, I'm going in the game. Yeah. He's like, where's my helmet? <laughs> he don't know where his helmet is because he's been squirting people and you know, he's been he was he was the butt, he played butt back. You played halfback, I played running back, he played butt back. Every time he tried to get in the game, coach said, get your butt back. That was him, right? So he's like, I'm going in the game. Yeah, where's my helmet? And and coach is going, Steve, get in the game. Well, Steve hadn't developed. He wasn't prepared. You know what coach said? Steve wasn't ready. He put somebody else in the game. And I've heard God say this last week. Many of you, you've been sitting on the bench. You just kind of show up. You, You show up here at the exchange, and God says, In this time, it's preparation time. There's been a time of developing you and get ready because I'm about to put you in the game. You're about to go into uncharted territory. You're about to step up into a position of leadership here at the exchange. Get ready. And listen, can I tell you, it was very embarrassing for Steve not to be prepared to get in the game. Don't be that. When God says get off the bench and go, be ready. Listen, if Pastor Jared comes up to you and he's like, listen, man, I've just been praying and I'm telling you, I just feel like there's a calling on your life and we have a need in our church and it's time for you to step into uncharted territory in this position of leadership. At that moment, don't go, okay, just a second, where's my helmet? Oh my gosh, I have no idea what to do. I've been squirting around water bottles and doing this and that. No, 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 get focused, be developed. The second Letter in the word deep is E, and E stands for equip. Everybody say equip. Equip is a lot like develop, but it's a little bit different. I looked up the definition of the word equip, and equip says this. Number one, to furnish or provide with whatever is needed for use for any undertaking. Number two, I love this one, Pastor, to dress or array. I heard the Lord say, it's time to dress for success. Number three, to furnish with intellectual or emotional resources for the purpose at hand. Listen, I'm going to tell you right here, this one's on us. As leadership, this is, this is on us. And I, from the bottom of my heart and from the bottom of Pastor Jared's heart, it is our, it, it is, we are passionate about equipping you. But you have to be available to be equipped. Okay? And not only you have to be available, 
you have to be one, you have to want to be equipped, okay? You have to come on Sundays and be prepared. Listen, that is part of our calling as fivefold ministry gift. It is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so and many times I, I know there has been a frustration in my life over the years of ministry when I see a calling on somebody's life and I know that God wants to equip them, but they never make themselves available. It's just hard to get them to, to, to church on a Sunday morning. How can we even think about setting up a leadership class? I, got, I, start, to, I start to get uh, you know, frustrated in that moment. And so God is saying that at the same time that we're going deep, the second E is equip. And I'll tell you, this is in every aspect of your life because you don't know what you don't know. Listen, I'm using a lot of football analogies this morning. We're in football season, okay? But you have to have the right equipment to be able to play. Steve could not go in the game because he didn't have a helmet. They won't let that happen. Even if you are playing in a football game and your helmet comes off, you lose your equipment, what do they do? They stop the play, and you got to get out for a play. And listen, I hear God saying this. It's, for, it's time for us to be equipped because, listen, many of us, I'm, let me speak to the, the husbands. You don't know how to be a husband. You don't have the right equipment yet, right? You, all you ever knew is what you saw when you were growing up. And so how many know you need to be equipped? It's, it's, no, it, it's not like, you know, just happened by accident that my wife and I this year are going to celebrate 20 years of marriage. There was a season of my life where I realized that I didn't know how to do this thing. So I went and I found mentors and I went and I started to read books and I started to say, listen, I want to be equipped. I want the right equipment to be the husband that I need to be. Listen, we don't know how to be parents like we're supposed to be. You say, well, I'm a good parent. Well, you can be, you can go to the next level. You can go to the uncharted territory that you've ever known. So listen, we have to constantly allow ourselves to be equipped. We need the correct equipment. And, and Pastor, I know that we've talked about this, but we have some leadership right now. And we believe in the next six months, our, our leadership is going to double here at this church. And it's going to be our passion to be able to speak into your life and equip you. And if we don't even know how to equip you, we'll find out. And we know people that do know how to equip you for what God is calling you to. The second E in the word deep is going to be evaluate. Evaluate. Everybody say evaluate. This is a good one. Okay, this is a good one. After we develop, we need to be doing all this at the same time. We develop, right? We're equipped. And then we evaluate. I looked up the definition for the word evaluate. And the first one is to determine or to set the value or the amount of. The second one was to judge or determine the significance, worth, or quality of. And this is what I heard in my spirit this last week, Pastor. God said, son, it's time to take inventory. Think about what I just said. It's time to take inventory. It's time to ask God. It's time to step back, look at our lives, and say, God, what needs to stay and what needs to go? Because there's some things that we've been holding on to. How many know some of us are dragging a canoe trying to go up a stinking mountain? And we look ridiculous. There's some things that need to go, and there's some things that need to stay. And the way that God uh, really illustrated this to me years and years ago, uh, Lisa and I and our family, it was Christmas time. We went to Fort Worth to see her mom and dad. 
we had a great time. I'm, I have awesome in-laws. They are amazing. We're, we're really close to them. I was friends with them before Lisa and I fell in love. It's just, it's been awesome, okay? And I remember spending time with them, and I asked my mother-in-law, I said, there's this one store that I want to go to. And I had some extra Christmas money. She said, okay, you need to go to this mall. And it was a mall, a huge mall I'd never been to before. So we go to this mall. I've never been to this mall, but there is a store that I want to go to. And so when I first got to the mall, I walked in, and what's the first thing that I found? I found a map, a map of the mall, because I don't know where, where this thing is. I don't know how to, how to get to where I need to go. And when I got to the map, I start looking around for a star, and on that star on this map, it has some words. What do those words say? You are here. Why is that so important that you need to know where you're at? It's because it doesn't matter where Foot Locker is if you don't realize where you are. Think about what I just said. This is powerful, guys. You, many of you know where you're going. You know the uncharted territory. But you will not be honest with yourself. You will not take inventory. And you will not be honest enough to say, this is where I'm at. We lie to ourselves all the time. We, we, we judge others off of what they do. And we judge ourselves off of intent. Right? And I hear God saying, it's time to ask some tough questions. It's time to evaluate ourselves, to, to take inventory. Guys, it's time, I, I'm going to just say this right now, even in our marriages, we need to, husbands, we need to go to our spouses and we need to ask them, what is one thing that I could do to be a better spouse? Now, whoa, 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 now wait just a second, here's the key, time out, time out. Give them permission to speak into your life without getting your feelings hurt, because it's going to hurt. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sting a little bit. Listen, in this, this time of my life, I hear God saying, we're going into uncharted territory, and I'm asking Pastor Jared, hey, what are things that I need to do to change? I've been asking my wife, what are some things that I could do to be better? I've been asking the tough questions to Bishop Jamie, my spiritual father. Speak into my life. Look into my life. I'm going to tell right now the youth. You need to, I challenge you today. After church, to go up to your parents and say, what, are some, what is one thing that I could do to be a better part of this household? Come on, that's taking inventory. Because we'll lie to ourselves. Guys, if you go home and you try to write down a list of things that you need to work on, you will not, you will not get the true star that says you are here. And guys, if maybe I was beside the food court... And I was lying to myself that I was over here beside Dillard's. And now I'm trying to map my way to get. I'm never going to get to where I need to go because I will not be honest with who I am and where I'm at. Guys, you can, you can do this in so many areas. And I hear God this morning saying there's four places that I want you to evaluate yourself right now in this season of Uncharted territory. If you're taking notes, write these down. Number one, number one is this. Evaluate yourself physically. I'm talking about your health. Ask your spouse, ask somebody, am I healthy? Physically, am I healthy right now? And if you're not, be honest with that and then start to make a plan to get towards being healthy. You are important in this, this season of uncharted territory and it's important that you're healthy. All right? And, and, and listen, if you are healthy right now, you need to have plans of staying healthy. I've, I've lost 20 pounds this year, guys. What good does it do if I gain 20 back on, over Thanksgiving, right? I need to have a plan going into Thanksgiving. 
We always like to take the end of the year off. We do. I deserve it. I've been working so hard. No, 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 no. We're going into uncharted territory. There's no timeouts in this thing. Let's go. Let's go into this thing physically healthy. Second, evaluate yourself financially. Are you, are, you, are you giving? Are you a faithful giver here at the exchange? Do you give in offerings? Do you give towards missions? Evaluate your debt. Sit down with your spouse and say, do we have debt? And, and then if you do have debt, what are you doing? Ask yourself, what are we doing to get out of debt? Do you have a plan to get out of debt? Do you have a budget so that you don't gain more debt? These are all questions that you need to ask yourself to evaluate yourself financially. Number three, evaluate yourself emotionally. I'm talking about your relationships. Are the people that you hang around with people that are good for you? Are they people that are aligned with your vision of where God is taking you? If they're not, they don't need to be on the boat, man. You know that they don't need to be in your life. They, they got to go. I mean, there is a mission that God has on, on, our, on, our, on our church right now. Number four, evaluate yourself spiritually. Is your relationship with God where you want it to be? Are you spending time in the Word? Are you taking your worship to a new level? And again, it's not for show, and it's not to be better than so-and-so, and it's not out of legalism. It's just natural. Guys, if I don't spend any time with my spouse, and then I say, hey, you know what? I think we have a great marriage. Do we really have a great marriage? No. You have to spend time with the Lord every day. Are you walking in forgiveness and grace? And you can even go outside of these four options. Listen, you can ask yourself as an employee, as somebody that works for a company, am I a good employee? Am I, am I somebody that works hard? Do I respect authority? Or have I become somebody that's lazy? And listen, you, you might need to ask your spouse that question. Do, am, do I still have goals? Am I still pushing forward in this company? Ask yourself those things. And if you're an employer, ask yourself, am I a good employee? Go to your, go to your one of your guys and say, listen, do you like working for me? Am I a good spouse? And I want to give you permission to be able to speak, just completely be truthful from your heart. Ask yourself, would I want to work for me? Ask yourself these questions. It's time to evaluate so we can know where we're at because it doesn't matter if we know where we're going if we're not real enough to know we, where we are at. And the last one is this. The last word or letter in the word deep is P, and it stands for produce. Everybody say produce. Come on, say produce. Produce means to bring forward to bring into existence. I want you to write this down in your notes. Write it, get your phone out and make a note right quick. Ask yourself, what is my life producing? What is my life producing? You see, I believe that we're in a season of uncharted territory. And in this season, we're going to see God produce some great things in our lives. I, I believe that there is some great things that God wants to produce in your life that you haven't even entered into your mind. You haven't imagined it. This last week as I was praying, I heard the Lord say this. There's going to be a great production. There's going to be a great production. We're going to produce. There's going to be a lot of production coming out of us and in agriculture, if you study agriculture or if you even study church culture, the 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 um, there is a a rule there, a principle. That's the word I'm looking for. That deeper roots produce healthier fruit. Guys, we gotta allow our roots to go down deep. 
in this season, in this season that we're, we're in. We've got to allow our roots to go down deep so that the fruit that's coming out, it can grow bigger, it can grow stronger spiritually. And, and one uh, important thing for producing for production to happen is this. It's connectivity. We've got to connect more. I was reading a, a story this last week about trees, and it was talking about how uh, there's one place in the America where the wind blows really hard all the time, and if one tree grows in a certain area, the wind will blow so hard, and a storm will come, and it'll blow that tree over. No matter how low it lets its roots go down deep, but there's something that the article was saying to, to being connected, because if you get 10 trees to grow together, though, they said they did a study, and these trees not only allowed the roots to go down deep, but now they would start to grow out, and they would grow together underneath. You couldn't see it with your naked eye, but if you went below the surface, you would start to see that these trees were so connected that they started to grow together. And when the wind came and the storm came, you can blow over one, but you can't blow over ten. There's strength in being connected. And listen, I've heard from a couple people here lately. You know, we just love, we love the exchange. This is our church, but we just don't feel connected. And I, I, listen, we're going to take responsibility, our part of the responsibility, and we're going to start to give you opportunities to be connected more. And listen, I'm telling you, there are already opportunities. Get connected in the women's ministry. Get connected in the, the, the children's ministry or the youth ministry. Find a place and, and get connected. You need to be connected here. Make it a point. Our family is not going to miss on Sunday mornings. We're going to come and we're going to be connected. And not only this, you got to accept some responsibility for that too you got to come and say, I'm not just going to show up. But years ago, a mentor of mine said, find a need, meet that need at any cost, and your need will be met. If you don't feel connected, there's somebody else that don't feel connected. Go to them, connect to them, and meeting their need, your need for being connected will be met. Don't just show up to church. Show up to church, wait around afterwards, find somebody that you don't know and say, listen, I know this is crazy, but we're on a budget. You want to go to Taco Bell together? You like to go and spend some time with this? Hey, I know this is crazy. We really don't know you that much. But my wife makes the greatest chili, and we want to invite you and your family over to our house. And listen, our house is a little messy. We don't call it messy. We just call it lived in. So come on. Right? Guys, you have to accept some responsibility for this. Right? We, as leadership, are not just going to be able to make love connections and heart connections and connect everybody and say, you're in this and this and this. It's going to come from you reaching out, taking a step of faith and saying, listen, I am going to connect. Psalms 92 verse 13 says this, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, those who are allowing, they're planted, they're allowing their roots to go down deep and not only deep, but they're connecting underneath. It says that they will flourish. They will flourish. Do you want to flourish? Do you want to move forward into uncharted territory? Get connected. Many times I know you wonder, man, why is it so hard for me to even come to church? Why does it seem like my kids are always getting in a fight or me and my wife are always getting in a fight? Or I feel the tiredest on Sunday mornings. I don't even want to get up. I just need that time. I need some me time. I just need, you know, just me, God. And you and me, we can have our own church, God. And do you do that? No. 
You don't read that book, and you, don't, you just sit back and relax. Hey, that's fine. Do that on Sunday afternoon after you've come to church, after you've been equipped, after you've been developed, after you went and connected intentionally with somebody, and then go take yourself a nap. Oh, but that's when the, the, the Texans play. Oh, well, that's when the Cowboys play. Oh, that's when the Redskins play. Oh, I'm going to get everybody. I'm going to name all the teams. That's when the Patriots play. That's when the Green Bay Packers play. That's when... Which one is it then? Which is more important? Us going to uncharted territory and seeking out the will and destiny of God for our lives? They invented the, I want to say the VHS so we record the tape, but now it's way better than that. I'm so old. The DVR, so you can watch that stuff later, Jack. I'm preaching to the choir on that one. Listen, I'm talking about being connected. Being connected, it's for your own health. It's also because there is going to be a great production. In that story I read, as those trees connected, they were not just growing together, but they were also giving life to each other. When one tree would get sick, there would be life that was transferred in the roots from one tree to another. Are you sick? Are you having a tough time? Get connected. I'm going to ask everybody to stand to your feet. I'm going to ask Mario to come up here and help me. So what are we talking about this morning? We're talking about going deep, right? Look at your neighbor and say, go deep. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, go deep. There's a story in Luke chapter 5. And it's a story about some guys who would later on become the disciples, but at the time they're not. At the time, these guys are fishermen, and they've had a tough day. The Bible says that they had fished all day and not got anything. They were cleaning their nets, and they were frustrated. And all of a sudden, the nerve of this guy, a person they don't even know, comes and steps on their boat without even asking, turns around and starts teaching a huge group of people. First of all, if I was Peter, I would be like, who do you think you are? I don't even know you. Second, I would be thinking, hey, I think this guy's a rock star. Look at all these people. All these people following him. And Jesus is teaching. He's saying some things that Peter's never heard. These guys have never heard. And he looks over at Peter. He says, hey, I want you to do something. I know you fished all night. You didn't catch anything. But I want you to launch out. And I want you to go deep. And Peter's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 time out. First of all, I know how fishermen smell, and you're not a fisherman. He says, I'm, I'm a pro. This is what I do for a living. I'm a professional fisherman. I can tell that you don't know how to fish, so who are you to tell me to do what I need to do? He says, all these things that have gotten me this far, I'm holding on to this stuff, man. And Jesus says, no, I'm trying to get you to uncharted territory. I want, you to, I want you to trust me and go deep. And He's like, don't you understand, Jesus? We are in a fish recession, Jack. We fished all day. There's no fish. Just go, go deep. And I don't know why, but at that moment, Peter makes a decision that would change the trajectory of his life. 
And he says, okay. He says, guys, get in the boats. We're going back out there. We're going deep. And if you read the rest of the story, it's amazing. They, they brought in the biggest catch of fish that they had ever had, and they... They did it doing it in a way that they never thought that you would do it. They'd always put it on this side, and he says, no, toss it on this side. And, and there's a lot that I'm telling you, man, if you'll go and read on that and study on that, it will preach and where we're at. But Pastor Jared, I was thinking this last week. When I was a kid, I remember, I remember playing recess football in elementary. My wife said, teacher, she's shaking her head. She goes, yep, the boys still do that. And I remember... You know, you, everybody gets out, there's two captains, you pick, hey, you, 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 and you get your team set up, and you're playing. And I remember there would be one play, we'd be down by one score, and I'd get everybody together, and I'd say, okay, guys, I got a plan. They go, what's the plan, Kevin? I said, listen, this is the play. And all, all the kids knew this play. What was the play? Go deep. Right? Go deep. Well, what's that? I just want you to run as hard as you can that way. What way? I want you to go toward the goal. Well, when you when you're gonna throw the ball, you just trust me and you go. And when you get to the goal, I'll hit you. This is what I heard, Pastor Jared. God, this is the plan. Got it. And it means something different for all of us, but you're, you're hearing right now in your spirit what this means. God's saying, go. He's saying, go deep. Because when you get out there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it right on the money. When you develop, when you equip, when you start to be honest with yourself, say, well, I thought I was in over my head. I thought I was in in the deep end. And God says, no, no, no. You are here. And you need to you need to go deep. Listen, I want every head bowed and every eye closed for one moment. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts right now. What what is it? What is it? What is it to go deep? What does that mean? What are you speaking to me? Guys, I want you to hear God say just one thing to your heart right now. Don't look for the whole plan. One step, one step, get one step right now. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Because I believe there's about to be a huge production. Guys, I want you to open your eyes and I want you to make it a point. Whatever Holy Spirit spoke to you, I want you to write that thing down. And I'm going to ask Pastor Jared and Shelly, I want you, would you guys come up here for a second? And I'm, listen, this might be a little weird for you. You're going to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to get out of the ankle deep and you're going to get into the deep. I want everybody to come up here with me. Just, I want y'all just to step out of your comfort zone for a second. Just come to the front. We're about to be dismissed. Pastor Jared, Shelley, we love you. I thank God so much 
for your leadership. I thank God for the time that we're in and the place that we're in. And I'm asking everybody to come up here because we want you guys to know that we support you. And I'm going to ask you guys to just stand and face me. And we're going to do something a little little weird, not too weird. But when I was... When I, was, when I was praying this last week, Pastor, this is what I heard God say. We're in a season of uncharted territory. And I heard God say this, step up. Step up. What, where we're going and what we're about to do, I, I don't... I don't know the whole uncharted territory. You know more than I do. I still feel like you don't know all that what that means. And this is what I hear God saying. It's going to take a big step. It's going to take a big step, but you're going to do it together, and you're going to do it with us behind you. And so listen, I'm going to just ask you guys right there. You're our leader. You've got the ball. And I'm just going to ask you right there. I want y'all to take a big step prophetically right now with us all behind you. I want y'all to take a big step. I want to speak over you because God, last week he was sharing, he's going to show you some things that are going to God says, it's okay. It's okay to lead us because you're, you're Lewis. You're Meriwether Lewis. We are at the mountains. And many of us are holding on to these canoes, man. And God says, listen, I'm showing you some things that are going to blow your mind. I am going to continue to show you some things that are going to blow your mind. And it's okay have courage. I've already given you the courage that you need. And listen, I heard God say this. He has already been preparing us as a people. He's already been preparing. And listen, I know that there has been some times in the past where you have stepped out and things weren't received like you thought. But God says this, don't judge the future by the past. It's time to step up. It's time to step up. I hear, I hear God saying this. In this season of uncharted territory, as you step up, we're ready. And we're behind you. And I just want the whole church, if y'all would, can y'all just stretch out your hands and, and just to our pastors right here. And Father, I declare and decree and I call out, Lord God, I speak in the name of Jesus that, that Pastor Jared and Shelly are entering into a season that they've never known before, a season of uncharted territory. But in this season where it feels a little out of control, Lord God, in this season, I speak that they are going to feel most comfortable in their skin than they ever have in their entire lives. Father, I speak in the name of Jesus, a new level of leadership you've never known. God says, step up. And we declare and decree this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Can you give God a hand clap of praise?